Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. Hello and welcome to episode 93 of The Best in the World with Richard Parr. This week I speak to Hayley Wickenheiser. Haley's a four-time Olympic champion in ice hockey. And on this week's podcast, she talks about retiring from the sport at the start of 2017. The Canadian discusses her plans to go to medical school now, her businesses and her position on the International Olympic Committee's Athletes Commission. The seven-time world champion reveals the greatest moments of her career, which players she was closest to and what it was like playing in Europe. Hallie also talks about representing Canada at softball at the 2000 Sydney Olympics. A really fascinating chat with Hayley Wickenheiser. And guess what? It's coming up next on The Best in the World. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hayley Wickenheiser, welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr, four-time Olympic champion in ice hockey, also a silver medalist. So great to have you on the programme. But of course, most recently, you retired from the sport. Is it going to be weird not going to Pyeongchang next year? (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Richard. I'm sure it'll be a little weird. For right now, it feels like everything's fine rolling along life as planned but uh, I'm sure once the Olympic Games start and on the big stage I'll probably miss it I'll I'll be in Pyeongchang with as a part of the IOC and some other stuff that I'm doing I just won't be on the ice <laughs> hmm. well tell us a little bit about what you're doing with the IOC and also kind of what you've been up to since you retired in January yeah so uh, I was elected in in 2014 in the Sochi Olympics uh, to the IOC Athletes Commission uh, which is voted on by all the athletes of the world at the Olympic Games um, in the in the dining hall. There's always an election platform there, and athletes can can choose athletes from around the world to represent them at the IOC level. And so, really, my mandate is to make sure that we're always keeping the athletes front and center of the Olympic movement and uh, fighting, you know, for the best possible games centered around the athletes um, and and keep making sure that you know we all know the Olympics is a big business, but that the reason that they exist is because of the athletes of the world. So that's really sort of my goal as being part of the IOC Athlete Commission and, um, you know, requires a lot of uh, different meetings and traveling and commissions and things like that that you sit on. Uh, aside from that, I'm also 
going to be start starting medical school here at some point, and that's sort of my life after hockey plan. But I, I also uh, do a lot of different things in business, and uh, I have a, a company called Wick Hockey, uh, where we are currently working on international development of the game of hockey around the world. So we just uh, we're in China for two weeks, and we're looking at working with India, Ireland, Spain, countries like that to help to grow the game of ice hockey where it's not as popular. So just a few kind of concepts. Um, and then my my big entity is called Wickfest, which is a hockey festival that's held here in Calgary in November of every year. And we're going into our eighth year next year. And we have 2,500 girls from ages 5 to 18 come from around the world and participate in uh, a hockey tournament, but also kind of a professional development uh, component where we have Olympic athletes from all different sports and presenters come and talk to the kids about what it takes not only to be a good uh, hockey player, but a good athlete. So all of that combined is kind of my life after sport. <laughs> Fantastic. That sounds so much fun. And it must be so inspiring for some of the kids to learn from great champions such as yourself. It must be great to give back like that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, we've uh, we've run it now. This will be our eighth year and we've been able to bring in some of the best minds from NHL players and management and coaches to um, I had seven Olympic medalists from Rio attend last year, um, wrestlers and speed skaters and swimmers and gym gymnasts. So, um, you know, I think one of the, the things we're seeing now is a lot of tendency towards sports specialization for kids where they do one sport year round. And it's something that I wasn't raised. I did tons of different sports growing up as a kid. And I really want to teach the parents and the kids that in order to be really good at one sport, you have to actually be a good athlete in probably many other sports as well. So that's kind of the concept of it. And uh, as much as we care about the hockey on the ice, I, I care more about what happens off the ice, actually. Mm. And of course, you were someone who played in the Olympics and softball as well. So you know all about that. And we'll, I'd like to talk a bit more about that in a moment. But I just want to go back to the uh, the IOC uh, Athletes Commission. And mm -hmm. how how much ambition do you have perhaps within the IOC? I mainly asked this because I read Sebastian Coe's book and one of the first ever Athletes Commission featured him who went on to be the, the head of the IAAF and the organiser for the London Olympics, as well as Thomas Bark, who's the current president is it something that you've, you've been enjoying the last few years and want to do more with uh you know it's it's a real learning curve I always say when I go to IOC meetings it's like getting a degree in international business because you <laughs> learn about how different cultures of the world operate and think and work in sport and business for me um you know, I, I'll be honest, sometimes it's it's a little disheartening to be at that level of sport and see that there's not as much attention paid to the right things uh, as I would like to see anti-doping, athletes' needs, things like that. Um, I think it's easy to criticize the Olympic movement um, because of this, the scandals and the big business and the money. But I, I will say that they are doing some tremendous things when it comes to solidarity and funding and um, giving back to sport around the world. Um, I guess that's what, what my job is as an athlete is to sort of be in there and stay pure and uh, keep, you know, the right things at the top of mind for people that are involved in the movement. So I'm not sure if I'm a great politician. I, I tend to just <laughs> say it as it is. And um, uh, But I've enjoyed, you know, my work. And I think the key is when you're involved in uh, something like this is to find the areas that you think you can make a difference in and really push in those areas. So with my background being medical background, you know, the medical commission, I've 
interested in, you know, where the, where we're going with doping and, and doing a better job with that in the future and the health of athletes. So if I can help with that and wherever that may take me, then, then so be it. Yeah, I think you probably need a PhD in international relations at times. And, and of course, you mentioned there about going into medicine. What what type of medicine would you like to go into? Because I've got to hear that you you recently uh, got a master's as well. Yeah, so I did. You know, when I, throughout my career, my parents were both teachers, and they always said, you know, you just still got to get an education, even though you're an athlete. So um, I I whittled away at my my bachelor's of science uh, in kinesiology, and then I did a master of medical science, and uh, so. Uh, when I start medical school, I, I'm leaning towards uh, emergency trauma medicine right now. It's probably, you know, fits with life of an athlete being that it's lots of action and it's never the same thing twice. And uh, you're working within a team under high pressure situations. So that appeals to me. But, um, you know, I may change my mind. I'm not sure at this point. It's pretty early on in the process. Mm, yeah, very adrenaline filled job. It sounds like that you, you might be going into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Let's have a talk about your your career then. And uh, you've had so many great successes winning world titles, Olympic titles. Is there one moment which really stands out the most for you? Um, there's not really one. I get that question quite often. I, I, I like to say there's probably three key moments that really stand out. So the first would be in, uh, in 2002 in Salt Lake when we, we won the gold medal. Um, we played half the game shorthanded in the penalty box, which is really unheard of in the game of hockey and had to overcome a lot to win that gold medal. It was probably the, the sweetest victory I've ever been a part of. Uh, winning in Vancouver in your home country, not many athletes get a chance to go to an Olympics in their home country. So that was pretty cool to be a part of that uh, and to win a gold medal uh, in Canada. And then uh, in Sochi in 2014, when we won the gold medal, we were down to nothing with 10 minutes to go in the game and sort of had, I think, what many would agree with is the most epic comeback in Olympic hockey history, male or female. And, um, you know, there were a lot of opportunities for us to lose that game and it just, it didn't happen. So sometimes you think that the hockey gods were with you. And, um, that was one of those games where we, we came back to, to win. So those three really are sort of the, the pinnacle, I guess, of my Olympic career, but I've had so many, cool moments uh, just as an athlete, uh, you know, playing softball in the Summer Olympics. And um, really, I think what you remember when you look back on your career as an athlete is, I don't, you know, remember the, you know, the little things along the way, the teammates and the places you went and the hard training that you did. And that's kind of what I miss as an athlete now is the grind of the day to day and uh, what had to go into being able to achieve those moments. Mm. It's interesting you said about 2002. Uh, I recently also spoke to one of your teammates, Kim St-Pierre, and mm -hmm. she was talking about that 2002 final where it was a pretty hostile atmosphere of everyone chanting USA, USA, USA. Now, her way of dealing with it was internally just saying to herself, Canada, Canada, Canada. <laughs> Was there anything like that that you did then or you did in other games where you needed to shut off what was going on from the crowd or any external uh, influences? Yeah, I, I mean, I think every athlete has their own coping mechanisms. What I tended to do was going into the Olympics, um, I kind of went into an Olympic bubble and I would tell my family, like, you're not going to probably see or hear too much of me for two or three weeks here. And, and my family really understood that's what I needed to do and just sort of shut out the world. And to be honest, when I step on the ice in, uh, 
big games like that, I don't even, I don't even notice the crowd. Um, there's often times when you let the crowd in, um, when you need the energy and the crowd's on your side, then you kind of open up to embrace that energy that's in the stadium or look around and take in maybe some fans that are going crazy or those types of things. But on the flip side, I was pretty good at blocking it all out and, you know, even to regurgitate some of the games, I can't even remember half of what happened in a lot of those games because you're just sort of completely immersed in the moment. And uh, for me, that was always the best way to perform. Mm. You, you said how you miss the, the moments with certain teammates and, and things like that. Who were you closest to during your your long career? Yeah, I, had, I played with so many players over 23 years, I guess. Mm. Um, um, I, I'll, you know, in the, in the last few years of my career, you know, in the last few Olympic Games, um, uh, my line mates of Natalie Spooner and Megan Augusta, we were uh, very close. And uh, Sh- uh, Shannon Zabados, who's... Uh, starting goalie for Canada now, um, uh, you know, the, those types of players were sort of the players that I hung around with uh, both on and off the ice and spent a lot of time with socially as well. But I think on every team you um, you have your really tight-knit group of friends and then you have your teammates and uh, then you have those players that, you know, when you're done playing, you don't really have much contact with. It's just sort of a natural thing when you're um, involved in a team. But uh, for the most part, we've had some pretty close teams through the years and uh, stay in touch at different events and things like that. Mm, yeah, an, an amazing career over 23 years. At the end of that career, was there one bit of advice that you wish you'd given your younger self when you first started out in the sport? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> that's a good <laughs> question. I, I think there were times when I would have said to myself, you know, relax, take a break, rest, you know, rest is a weapon more than go, go, go all the time. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, but when you're young, you don't really uh, know any different, and, and you learn as you get older that that's more important. Um, you know, maybe I don't know if there's a lot of I don't have any real regrets or anything, but maybe there were times when. Um, I would have liked to just sit back and maybe take a few more photos and, and take it all in or, or, you know, maybe 
see the places that I was in a little bit more of. You tend to go from the rink to the hotel and back to the rink again. And, you know, it's, you travel the world, but do you really get to see much of it, I guess, at times. So those types of things, but otherwise I don't really have much advice. I, I, I would say just do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair with the photos, it's very easy now because we've all got camera phones. While even as far back as 10, 15 years ago, you're either using disposable cameras or you had to go to the, uh, get them developed and everything like that. <laughs> yeah, it's far too easy to be connected today. So, which is also, I guess, a double-edged sword for, for athletes. I mean, I laugh when I I look at Instagram or Twitter and, you know, everyone's kind of, not everyone, but a lot of athletes, you know, put their intel out there. And it's just so strange that um, it's kind of, we're in a world of sharing everything, which, um, you know, 20 years ago, you would never have done. So it's changed a lot. Do you think it's a good thing for an athlete to be doing then? What would you recommend a young hockey player? Would you tell them to share things and share lots of information? Or do they need to just be concentrating more on their sport? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I think it's it's impossible to say you can you know you can't be online or you can't share anything. I think it's important for athletes to be um, you know accessible for the fans and for the people who support them and follow them. I think there's a fine line there, and when you enter into social media, you you kind of agree to accept both the good and the bad that comes with that. And um, you know, I've seen both sides of that in in my social media through the years, um, depending on winning or losing or those types of things. And fans want to tell you how they feel, but um, you know, I think that you have to do it. I think tastefully and um, and also preserve a little bit of um, I guess uh, not secrecy, but uh, privacy in, in in what you're doing and how you're training and. Um, and who may be paying attention to that. So um, I don't know if there's a rule book around that, but uh, I think every athlete should be briefed on the pros and cons of social media when they start. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. I'll be back with Haley in just a moment, but I want to take this moment to remind you about our Patreon page. Yes, at patreon.com forward slash best in the world. That is where you have the opportunity to give back to our show. If you really enjoy what we do here, learning from the very best world and Olympic champions, then you can support our program by donating to us from as little as $1 a month. That will help keep the lights on. That will help us to continue to learn from the greatest sports stars on the planet. And we can give it to you every single week. All you've got to do is go to patreon.com forward slash best in the world. And if you decide you want to contribute more than $1, there are added benefits and rewards for you. All right, let's return to the conversation with the four-time Olympic champion in ice hockey. It's Hayley Wickenheiser. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Did you ever have a specific pre-game routine? Did you have any superstitions, so to speak? I say I never had any superstitions, but then I then I also say that I did everything the same before every game. <laughs> so maybe, <laughs> maybe I did. I just had a routine that I followed, which was, um, you know, I always warmed up off the ice, you know, about 45 minutes before the game, and I I would juggle and I would put my equipment on the same way each time so 
Um, if I, if I got thrown off my plan, I wasn't rattled. So maybe that's why I don't call it a superstition, but, um, I tended to have a routine that I like to follow. It gave me, um, it helped me relax and it gave me great peace before I went out on the ice. Mm. So let's talk about the softball for a little bit as well. Um, how was that experience and, and when did you kind of stop to do stop doing so much softball and, and started focusing more on the hockey or was there because obviously you competed in 2000 and then and we're in in five winter olympics games for ice hockey when, when did softball kind of start to take a back seat well i actually thought i would go to the olympics in softball before hockey just because yeah. it, it was in the olympics in 96 prior to mm. hockey in 98 so um, you know, I remember watching the Atlanta Olympics in Canada and wanting to play on that team. And I was in the junior national team program and growing up in a small town in Saskatchewan, a province in Canada. Um, that's what we did. We played hockey in the winter and then we played ball in the summer. We didn't even touch our skates for three or four months. Um, and so it was natural for me to go from the junior national team and then try out for the national team. Uh, and I was playing hockey on the national team at that time as well. So they allowed me to go to softball camps and to do both. So I would be at a hockey camp and I had my teammates take balls and hit me ground balls in the lobby of the rink. And I would pick up grounders and throw them in the lobby and, uh, and vice versa. When I was training for softball, I went to Simon Fraser University for a year in Vancouver and I would play uh, ball all morning and then I would study for the courses I had to take. And then I would practice with the University of British Columbia men's hockey team at night. So I was able to do both. But um, my son was born in uh, in 2000. And, uh, you know, just after those Olympics, then I was not able to to continue to do both at the highest level. And I had to pick one over the other. And, and I chose hockey. Yeah, that sounds like you, you've got a lot on your plate. Are you someone who always knows what's going on or do you have like a little diary or planner or do you do things online now? What's your time management like? Because that, that's a lot of stuff going on, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, the, the best thing now is I have a lot of people around me to help me with stuff. And, you know, we've got two people who work full time on Wickfest and Wick Hockey stuff. And then um, you know, for me, I manage manage it all, but I'm still a I'm still a writer. I have a I have an online calendar, but I actually write in it. I don't uh, use iCalendar or anything like that. Uh, I guess I'm still old fashioned, but I I'm pretty organized. I like to know what's going on and and uh, have a plan. And I'm a list maker, so <laughs> maybe that keeps me on track. So you said you had your son in 2000. Yeah, he was born in 2000, yeah. And then, and obviously during that time as well, you I saw that you were trying to play hockey and, and did play hockey in, in Finland and other places in Europe. How, how tricky was that, having a young son, but also trying to play hockey in, in various different countries? Yeah, it was really hard. Um, you know, at the time, he was two when I first went over to play in Finland. And, um, you know, we were going back and forth. We had a nanny uh, who uh, would have three months, three, four months in Finland, then bring him back to Canada for one month and then come back to Finland. So uh, it was very hard, probably harder on me than it was on him because he was so small. But um, it was something that I felt I had a really short window of time to do and that I had to take advantage of the opportunity. So I would never have been able to do it without the support of my family. And, and like I said, having almost a full-time nanny that was able to travel the world too. So that made a big difference. And now, you know, now Noah's 17 and going into grade 12 and 
to be honest, he doesn't even like hockey, probably because he was associated with uh, mom and dad being gone all the time when he was young for hockey. So he's <laughs> he's got other things he likes. But um, but we managed to do it. And um, like I said, I think if you're organized and you, you have a good team around you, anything's possible. Oh, fantastic. And with this very busy schedule, and I know you said one of the things you'd have told yourself when you were younger was to perhaps relax a little bit more. When you do get a little bit of downtime, how do you like to relax? Yeah, well, now I, you know, now I'm fortunate I can just train for fun and and do stuff when I want to do it. So um, I love uh, road riding. I love cycling. I do a lot of uh, riding all over the place and um, being in the mountains, being outdoors, um, playing tennis, stuff like that. Um, travel is a big part of uh, my life still as well. So when I get to travel now, I make sure that I get to see stuff and take an extra day or two in, in places and, and really enjoy that part of it. So, um, but probably the, the most enjoyable part now is that I have more time to spend with my son and, um, you know, him going into grade 12 as a parent, you realize that it goes fast and you don't have <laughs> much time before they're gone again. So, um, that's what I'm most enjoy. Oh, fantastic. Favorite place you've ever visited then? Oh boy. Um, for relaxing, probably Bora Bora. That was a fantastic, that's, that's an amazing place oh, in the well, world that, to go. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's quite epic to, just to get there, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite a, <laughs> it's quite a haul from North America. That's for sure. But, uh, I love Europe and I've spent many years around different parts of Europe. So, um, really, really anywhere that that's new is kind of a fun first place to go. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Before you go, can you let us know where we can find out more about you and everything that you're up to, including your festival online, please? Sure. So uh, my website is my name, HaleyWickenheiser.com. And on there, um, you can find everything you need to know about me and all the things that we're up to. And uh, WickFest.com is our festival website. And then you can find me on Twitter at wick underscore 22 or on instagram at h chick wick and on facebook as well so um that's where we are and you can reach me uh via email on my website if if anyone's looking to contact us um for anything that we're doing and um yeah otherwise that's where we are wonderful well thank you for being on the show Haley wickenheiser thank you for being the best in the world all right thanks richard awesome the Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Wonderful to listen and learn from Haley on this week's Best in the World with Richard Parr. If you are an ice hockey fan and you enjoyed that conversation with Haley, maybe go back to the archives and listen to my previous interview with Kim St. Pierre. Yes, a teammate of Haley, the former goalie. That is on acast.com forward slash best. It's at sportachino.com plus. It's also on iTunes. So please press the subscribe button and also give us a rating and review if you get a moment. That's whether you're listening to us on iTunes or even on Stitcher. Both of them, you can give us a rating and review, which would really help our program. Other good podcasts, which I think you should listen back to. My interview, well, in fact, the last interview with JCJ Anderson, the snowboarder. That was a wonderful interview. Also, Patricia Kuma, another snowboarder. That was a great interview. Graham Dot, 
really open and revealing conversation with Graham where we go into a lot of details in particular about his depression. Go back and listen to those interviews and if you've got any feedback, if you've got anything you'd like to ask me, then please send us a tweet at Richard underscore Parr. And if you do want to support our programme, please go and check out that Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash best in the world. All right, I'll be back with you next week speaking to another world champion, Olympic champion, world record holder or world number one. Goodbye. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market 